0: Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we will be discussing One to Watch by Kate Stamen london um, Just wait for this one, because I fucking loved it. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Um, but before we get started with the book, we want to remind you to rate, comment, subscribe on your preferred podcast catcher. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Stitcher, if it's a podcast. We're probably there. If we're not, let us know. We can see about adding it. Um, And then also follow us on social media. The links will be down in the description because, again, I don't remember. It's fine. Everything is fine. Welcome to 2020. (laughs) We're just working through it. We're working through it, but we have good news. Um, We got new microphones, and we feel professional as fuck right now. They're so cute. I think they're cute. You were disappointed we couldn't get Black on Black. I think they're really cute. Okay, so... That speaks to the hopeless romantic and the cynic over here. I'm like, give me the dark shit. And you're like, yay, it's adorable. It's like golden maroon. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so if the sound is a little bit different, um, that's why we finally got microphones that didn't cost us $20 on Amazon. Hopefully so. good, different, and not like, why would you guys do it? Yeah, hopefully that takes down my editing time. Yeah. It probably won't. I'm neurotic. It's fine. Um, so d- before we do the description on the book, do we want to do opening thoughts? Um, I think we mentioned in our last episode that this was one that I picked up randomly at Target and like, I'm gonna read it. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of threw it in to our list and, like, put off some of the other books that we have on, you know, on deck. Yeah. And... I'm glad we do Like sometimes we do this where, we're like, we pick up a book and it has good reviews or whatever, and we're like, oh, no. And then it's not the best. And then we're like, why do they even have discussion questions at the end of it? Yeah. This one, though, Kat picked it up. We talked about how we went to that other Target. I grabbed it when I had the chance. Um, mm-hmm. I read it, and I I don't normally cry. And Kat and I had a discussion the other day. What was it yesterday, I believe? Yeah. Uh, Kat and I had a discussion yesterday that, um, I cried. I cried reading this one and I'm not the one who cries during reading these books. We have, Kat has the Alicia Rye effect. Like, if if the book makes you cry. Yeah. Um, this one was it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really happy. So let's have Kat read the synopsis on the back and then we'll go from there. All right. Real love as seen on TV. Bee Schumacher is a devastatingly stylish, plus size fashion blogger who has amazing friends, a devoted family, legions of Insta followers, and a massively broken heart. Like the rest of America, Bee indulges in her weekly obsession, the hit reality show Main Squeeze, the fantasy dates, the kiss-off rejections, the surprising number of guys named Chad. But Bee is sick and tired of the lack of body diversity on the show, since when is being a size zero a prerequisite for getting engaged on television? Just when Bea is sworn off dating altogether, she gets an intriguing call. Main Squeeze wants her to be its next star, surrounded by men vying for her affections. B agrees on one condition. Under no circumstances will she actually fall in love. She's in this to supercharge her career, subvert harmful beauty standards, inspire women across America, and get a free hot air balloon ride. That's it. But when the cameras start rolling, Bee realizes things are more complicated than she anticipated. She's in a whirlwind of sumptuous couture, internet culture wars, sexy suitors, and an an opportunity, or two or five, to find messy, real-life love in the midst of a made-for-TV fairy tale. In this joyful, razor-sharp debut, Bee has to decide whether it might just be worth trusting these men and herself for a chance to live happily ever after. Okay, first off, what was just read on the back of this book is basically exactly what you're going to get. And what a blurb should be. And exactly what a blurb <laughs> should be. Exactly. We, we have had a lot of hit or miss with blurbs lately, but this one was a good one. Um, this is one where I didn't actually read the blurb, Kat described it to me. And I was like, sure. And then she finished it and was like, I think that we need to switch it up and add this one in soon. And I yeah. was like, all right. when We do it. I was like, you need to read this. Like, you need to read this. And I'm glad that we did because uh, we've discussed it several times on the podcast before. Kat and I are both larger women. Mm-hmm. Um, we are plus sized, um, And it is not common to see plus size women in novels of any kind, whether that be romance or any other. Um, however, we have made it a point and we always will that we are going to read books that have plus size characters that are very diverse, that have a lot of inclusivity because that's just who we are as people. Yeah. The problem is you have to find Characters that are plus size that are written well, and that's mm-hmm. been a huge challenge. And it's always going to be a challenge, especially if it's not being written by a plus size person, which is kind of frustrating. And even sometimes I feel plus size people make fun of themselves constantly, which, like, if that's your prerogative, then that's what you do. Um, I do. But when you write for mass market, not all plus size people feel that way about themselves. Like no. not everyone and like we can go through the whole Dr. Phil bullshit of like, that just means you're still upset on the inside. <laughs> Like, yeah, we know. But Um Yeah. So and that that kind of speaks to the fact that I do talk about my body a lot as a joke and you don't. Not I'm very realistic about my body. Yeah. I <laughs> I do sometimes think I'm smaller than I am. I can fit in small places, which is really weird. Like weird body image issues, Mm -hmm. body dysmorphia. Because I 100% with the exception of standing on that scale the other day, (laughs) which is a horrifying experience and I never want to do it again. Except that I'm going to tomorrow morning so that I can start eating better and doing the gym thing. Um, but, like, I often look at my body from my own perspective. Like, I can look at my legs, and I was like, I have very skinny legs for a fat person. Mm-hmm. And then I see them in a mirror, and I go, hmm, maybe you don't. No, I'm very realistic about my body. I know that I have a very muscular lower body. I know that I have a tummy. I know that I have big boobs. Like, That's just how it is. I know that if I lay down without a bra on, I'm probably going to suffocate myself. It's (laughs) fine. And there's a huge difference between making fun of yourself and then, like, making fun of yourself so much that other people think it's okay to do. I have never had one of our friends ever comment on our weight. Never. Either. Either of us. And that's kind of a big deal because... We, we're not friends with super skinny people or super fat people or anything like that. We have a very diverse range of body types within our friend circle. We have a very diver- diverse range of friends to begin with. Yeah, we've so got tall and short and big and small and athletic and not athletic. They're and, everywhere in you know, between, and we love all of them. And so, I mean, it's great. And it's just one of those things where if you're going to take time out of your day to make fun of my body, I'm probably not going to take time out of my day. To so talk to you at all? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just not a thing. Um, I'm also fairly quick-witted, so if you make fun of my body, there is a very good chance I've got something on the back deck ready to go. It's going to rip you a new oh, one. It's, it's going to hurt. hurt. It, yeah. yeah. I, I don't often feel bad about it, ever. So, but just... we also, both on the other side, not within our friend group, have had the experience of being somewhat fetishized really, oh, yeah. for multiple different reasons, but definitely being larger. Mm-hmm. Has its own weird set of fetish stuff. Like, yeah. And you I see. I do understand it. You I see, see a little. Weird. Yeah, you see a little in the book, too, yeah. um, on a couple of the dates where you're just like, ew, no, 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 no. Um, like, you mean well, but you're saying it in a gross, creepy way. Yeah, d- okay. If you are into large women, that's fine. Just bl- don't be fucking disgusting about it. Please, just don't. I know. I just. We can talk about it when we get to, like, that section of like, talking about her suitors and yeah. stuff. But just there's some stuff that it's just so like if it's your fetish and you can talk about it, that's fine. But if you're going to just like put that on me, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, no, please, like, please don't. don't. Yuck. That. <laughs> I'm not going to yuck your yum. I'm just not going to like. But don't don't put that particular yum onto me because I don't want it.
1: Yeah, and we can talk
0: about that as well. Um, we're not really here to k- kink shame anyone. No. But just from our perspective, things that cross the line are things that probably cross the line for many people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, unless you know of a community that's super down for weird shit. Then whatever. But I mean that's that's a different thing <laughs> entirely. Totally different. Um so let's start off with our list. We're gonna start at the very, very, very top Woo! there. Um so we have a very body positive character in B. Um she knows who she is, she knows what she's about. She wasn't always that way. Um, in fact, when we talk about how I cried, I cried within the first eight pages. When you texted me, it was like I already cried. I was like, how far are you? And you're like, like eight pages. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, okay. But, um, yeah, it starts out with, like, some background information where she's in France mm-hmm. because she's studying, studying abroad in college with her mm-hmm. best friend. And she just, like, loves, loves to know these, like, first stories. But as we all know... You know, France being one of the fashion capitals of the world, they're not They don't inclusive. really serve plus-size no. people. No. Or they didn't, in the time frame that this was written, they may not, I don't know. I'm not a big fashion person. Um, neither am I, as I wear leopard print leggings and a t-shirt. I am not a very fashion-forward person. Do I want to be? Yes. However, plus-size fashion is... Expensive and hard to find. It's so expensive. It's stupid expensive. And they have things that are specifically made for plus-size people, men and women, mm-hmm. by the way. Like shoes and jewelry and stuff. And it's almost double what you would pay if you were, like, a size 10. Yeah. Which is still not the average. We'll t- get into plus-size fashion here soon. Um because I've got some things to say on that shit. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. Anyways, um, so we've got this body positive character. And like I said, she hasn't always been that way. She's in France. She's studying abroad. She's going and seeing all these things her friends are bringing back from these, th- uh, like, thrift markets kind of a thing, like flea yeah. markets. Um, and she decides she's going to go out she's going to buy some trinkets and things. And she's kind of looking around. And she sees that obviously none of the clothes are going to be things that she's looking for. They're not going to fit. Right. Um, and she's leaving... The little, the little flea market area, it's all outdoors so and she's leaving the area and a store catches her eye and it sells capes. And the owner sees her looking. And she's kind of like, no, come look, come look. And she's like, no, you're not going to have anything in my size. I'm fat. It's just not going to happen. She's like, no, 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 come in. I have just the thing for you. Yeah. Puts this cape on her. And when B finds out how much it is, she's like, I I can't afford it. I'm sorry. And the woman says, you know, how much do you have on you? And she's like, my food budget for the week. That's it kind of thing. And the woman gives her this like $200 fashion cape. And it's like, it's yours for free. Just tell people where you got it so they'll come Mm -hmm. to me. And when B asks her why, she says, you seem like the person who's always walked with your head down. Yeah. And you need something that's going to lift your spirits. And I think this is it. And then we find later on that she has worn, she basically wore this cape every day. Which Which I love because that reminds me very much of like a little kid. Yeah. Like, you find this one thing that you truly love, and then you just constantly need it with you. Um, mine is a giant kind of, like, a blush pink, um, cardigan sweater that my sister and I found at Torrid last year. Okay. On the clearance rack. It's fucking adorable. It's wool. It's so warm. It's big on me. Uh-huh. Which I love. Okay, no, try Yeah. Yeah. Love that thing. I don't wear it in the summer, though, because it's 105,000 degrees outside. It's already hot today, and it's mid-ish October. We are, like, 15 degrees hotter than we're supposed to be. It's disgusting. Um, But, so we have this this character, and it's nice to see a plus-size character who's okay with who she is. Yeah. And And it didn't start out like she's always been okay. No. Like, her family very openly talks about it, too. And even when they're doing the filming of the show, they talk about... Oh yeah, she came back from studying abroad and she had that cape and she never took it off, but we figured if it made her happy... We'll just let it go. Whatever. No big deal. You know, and so they have these conversations, which I think are very real familial conversations. Yeah. Of like, yeah, know, well, that's, you know, it's a little weird, but hey, if it makes you happy, go for it. Yeah. You know? And I think all of our families... I, mean, I know my mom has a couple stories of some clothing items that I just, I wore to absolute death. Like... Yeah. They were just threads by the time I was done with yeah. them. And I think that's pretty common for plus-size people. Um, To see it in a book, though, where it wasn't just she was immediately body positive. Like, we got the backstory. We actually got to see her before she became, like, this big beauty guru. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you got to see her as the person who was like, hey, look, here's plus-size fashion. Here's my outfit of the day. I'm going to fashion shows as a plus-size woman. And I'm like, you know... If I had even, like, an iota of fashion sense, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be so here for it, but I don't. And that's a hard thing to do. Like, she talks about how she travels a ton, mm-hmm. and she has to do a lot of research. Yeah. Just, you know, she doesn't just write about what she's wearing today. She, no. you know, calls out other brands. She does. Not non-inclusive. I... And that's a huge deal, too. I love, in, like, the real world, when you see a plus-size actress or singer... You yeah. will call someone out and be like, yeah, what the fuck? I want to wear your clothes. Um, do you follow Tess Holiday on Instagram? Um, not on Instagram, but I do on Twitter. Yeah, she's amazing. Yes. She just came out as queer earlier this year. I know. Um, but she does a ton of fashion design and partnering stuff. And she's really, really cool. She started the F Your Beauty Standards Love it. Movement. Love it. Well, probably longer than that now. My My timeline is all kinds of messed up. It's 2020. There is no timeline. Nothing exists. Nothing is real. (laughs) It's awful right now. I'm just like, yeah, that's right. I'm pulling up Tess Holiday right now. It's fine. See, yeah, she's a plus size woman. She knows what the fuck is up. I love it. Um, so let's get into plus size fashion and why I'm so angry. Okay. Okay, first and foremost, it's impossible to find anything, ever, and when you do find it, like we said, it costs a fortune. It's awful. All these women who can go to Target and buy a $20 pair of jeans, fuck you. I can't even buy a pair of $20 jeans on the Torrid clearance rack. When it's buy one, get one. The thing I will say about Torrid, though, because I think they're probably one of the major plus-size... Torrid Lane Bryant. Yeah. Um... Their stuff has really good quality. For the most part, I think it's gotten a lot better than it used to be. That used to be the only place that I could find jeans that fit. Because even though I was, gosh, I was smaller than I was now. So I was probably like, I don't know, like 50 pounds smaller than I am now. Like way back in high school. Yeah. They used to do jeans like buy two, get one free. Oh, love that sale. they're the only ones that have actual petite lengths. Yeah. For plus size. Because when you look at plus petite, it's not... <laughs> like, for some reason, everyone thinks that fat people are squares. Fat people <laughs> are... And they need stuff, like, way up to their tits. Oh, God. And then their shirts go down their knees. And I'm like, okay, that's not my body shape. <laughs> it's either fat people are squares, fat people have a lot more curves than they actually do, or they're very short. Yeah, and that's just not how bodies are made. No. So, Tori does a really good job that. And I like that if I go in there, I'm, like, a size 10. <laughs> makes because, you feel good. Because their sizes go from, like, zero to – oh, God, I can't remember how high it goes. But they go – you know, they have a huge range. They have a huge range. And so chances are if you like something, it's made in your size. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. That's not a big deal. And if you can't find something, they will find it for you or find something similar. Yeah, and they can, can order it online and have it shipped to the store. Right, it's even So better. there's, like, a lot of options for larger people. But I do know from, like, going in labor with my mom – Oh, so the, the span of what's available in there is not millennial it's style friendly. It's very old lady, 50, 60, 70 year old ladies. It's business. Lots of nylon. So much, so much business. Like blend rayon. But, but I will say I go to Lane Bryant for my bras. That's the other thing. That's I want to an online bra shop. So much. Like, like, I've tried Savage. I want to try, like, Third one. Love. Is that the one? Or Adore Me. Listen. Who, there's also one called Bra Lab, which is expensive, but is really cool. Listen, who wants to sponsor us? If you're a bra Let's company, we'll try your, bras. We'll try your pictures, bra. We'll pictures everything. Oh, fuck you. yeah. You want pictures of us on me and a bra? I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm alright with that. Is, it's annoying. It's very annoying. Well, and not only that, but, like, if you were to go to, like, Target or Walmart, Um, and you were to go, so like I, for work, I wear men's shirts because Mm -hmm. the women's shirts that they supply are short and they don't fit right. First off, I've got big boobs and I've got a big stomach. I need it to cover everything, please, all the way down. Uh Um, so I shop for like men's shirts, but I also like men's t-shirts are some of my favorites. And if you get anything higher than a 2XL, you pay $2 more. Not double. Double. Not double. I don't understand that. Like, it doesn't make sense. But it's like, oh, you're a 3XL, now you have to pay an extra $2, you fat ass. That's so rude. It's so rude. I just, like, I get what they're saying. Like, the cost is factored in somewhat. And I'm like, okay, I understand that for larger people you need more things. Yes. I totally get that. It's like ordering food. When you order more food, you pay for more money. You, when, pay, you say you want the food. dinner portion instead of the lunch portion, you're gonna pay you're more. You're gonna pay more. So I understand the like thought process there, but I think the difficulty is that if you're already going to make up to a two X, going up to a three X isn't Isn't that, that much different. more? No. If you're going to have like petites up to an XL and then like plus size is like XL long Yeah. And then move up from there. That I could understand. I am a dinner portion who wants to pay lunch portion prices. Which I think is totally fair, too. Because, like, I can get away with wearing, like, an extra large in women. Sometimes. It depends on the cut and, like, the place you're shopping. So, there's places that Old Navy cut their clothing more generously and more in line with what I think regular people bodies are. Okay. I haven't shopped at an Old Navy in a very long time. Target does not. Target cuts their clothes because most of those brands are Target, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and from working there, we have like Exhilaration, Marona, and all of that. Those oh were all my Target god. brands. Marona Black. <laughs> yeah. I like the Marona tees. Oh my god! But they don't make that kind of stuff anymore. Where it's stretchy, everything has like that weird curved inside. So, I don't like you, want when you that. lay your shirt flat, it's not even like straight. No. I know. I can't do that. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just annoyed. Yeah, is the thing because like my my bra size is a thirty eight D, but some places it's not a thirty eight D and it's a thirty eight C or a forty C or a forty B or whatever because there's no consistency and that's just in bras. Okay, first off, you're able to go to like regular stores and buy bras, right? I know you're not. I am, and f- I know that's a frustration because it should be more inclusive. Yeah. Because Women are larger than they were 10 years ago. Yeah. That's just a fact. I wear a 42 to 44 triple D. It's always a triple D. It doesn't ever change. Um, we tried to go into the E's at one point and it's just the wire pokes me weird and I don't like it. It hurts. Well, and then you have other issues too. Like, I don't, I've mentioned before I don't have a torso. Mm hmm. I, like, technically, yes, I have a torso. But you know, like, <laughs> most people have, like, space from their rib cage to their belly button. Yeah. I have, like, not. Any space. Basically, I'm just very compact. And so I found that if I don't wear demi cut bras, mm-hmm. I wear full coverage because I have larger boobs. Yeah. I get horrible gapping. Oh, yep. And then am like, why isn't this fitting? It's my size. And I'm like, oh, it's because you don't have a torso, so you don't have any length. So your chest length is compressed. Yep. Because you don't have a torso. And I was like, are you freaking kidding? Me? So I, like, I, yeah. I also can wear a medium in underwear. What? Which makes no sense. I um, always made um, some of our other friends upset. Yeah. Well, screw them. I, you know, I find it very difficult to be plus size. And I'm not saying that I'm complaining about it. I mean, obviously, it's something that I can do about, you know, fixing it. And uh, that's something that we do work on. I mean, Kat and I are going to start working out again. We miss the fucking gym first and foremost, um, but we're not willing to go back. Uh, so this isn't us complaining about being plus size and not doing anything about it. This is us complaining about the fact that plus size fashion is nearly impossible to find. And if you are smaller and you are thrifting or you are at Target or something along those lines and they don't have your size in something, for the love of God, just leave and order it online because you're taking a larger size out of the hands of a plus size person who normally won't be able to find that stuff in a store. If I walk into a store and I'm looking at a clothing rack and someone who is smaller than I am goes, Oh I'll just get it in two X. Bitch, that's my size. And you just took the only one of that off the rack. It's so that you can really look cute. Annoying. Like I'll find something that's super cute and I'll be like, oh I just I probably need like a size up of that because mm-hmm. of the cut or the style or whatever. No, it doesn't exist. Yeah, because someone took it to be cute on Instagram. Fuck you. It's annoying that, like, baggy things are in, but not baggy in the way that they'll fit me properly. Just baggy in a way that they look kind of loose. If they were to make something that was baggy in a way that was supposed to look like it does in style, I would look like um, a very large person who doesn't know how to shop for themselves. See, I have to wear a lot of, like, baby doll style or, like, Mm -hmm. um, umpire waist stuff. Yeah. And it makes me look like a child, which is part of the problem. (laughs) I wear a lot of (laughs) plaid. All in all, men's shirts, awesome. Better quality, better fit, better price. Mm Mm-hmm. Women's style, that's that's really what we want in our own sizes. Please. All I'm asking. Without being super freaking expensive. Please. Um, so, what are we talking about I know, we ranted a whole lot about that. Because we're mad. (laughs) We're allowed to rant about it. Because if I'm going to work so hard in the gym, and it doesn't make a huge, noticeable difference Mm -hmm. on the outside, I still look close fit me. Yeah. Because when I say to people, I go to the gym like five times a week. When I was doing that, I'm not doing that right now because COVID shit. We don't trust it. I can tell some people in their heads are like... Sure you do. But I do, and I work my ass off. First off, I want you guys to know, matter. when Kat and I go to the gym, I do slim down, I do feel great, but Kat gets, like, the most muscular ever. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, let's talk about, oh, so, uh, societal expectations and pressures. Kat, you're putting the real shit on this list. I, okay, so this comes from two different directions. It comes okay. from, like, the the expectation of, like, what you look like, and then the expectation of what you do. And we have this for both men and women in this book, and I think that's a huge deal, because we never see it, but I changed that, not never, we very rarely see those expectations placed on men. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm really tired, because if you've never read this book, we're going to give so many spoilers, but... I recommend you read it anyways, because it won't do it justice just to hear what we're talking about. No, because it's written, and we're going to get into the writing style here soon, but it's written in a way that, um, makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's a little... It's really good. Yeah, there's, there's different medias and forms of the writing. So, when we talk about these expectations of men and women generally we're talking about gender roles right Mm -hmm. we have this lovely lovely thing in society that's been going on for like ever where men can look like whatever the hell they want yeah and it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. but women are supposed to conform like you can't just be a fat woman you also have to then put the pressure on yourself to at least do your hair and makeup or at least try to wear clothes that are fashionable like I can't get away at work with not doing my hair and makeup. You work with children and they work with children and they have expectations of their own, right? Yeah. I don't... I'm not putting on makeup for them, really. I'm doing it so that I don't worry about having to deal with them all day. (laughs) It's just just an easier 10-minute step for me. Yeah. But what I'm saying is men have scraggly-ass beards and don't cut their hair or wash it sometimes, and that's perfectly acceptable in society. Whereas if I... Don't wear makeup. People are like, "Oh, are you sick?" And I'm like, "No, you jerks! I'm not sick." So we have this like outer pressures of what we're supposed to do. like. We're all supposed to weigh 125 pounds. Oh. We're all supposed to be five foot five because you don't want to be too tall and you don't want to be too, too short. I'm five six. If I weighed 120 pounds, I would blow away in the wind. One of our friends said he wanted to date someone ideally who is five foot ten. What? And I said, you know, that's the high requirement for a a runway model. Right? And he was like, yeah, I am. And I was like, that you're literally like two inches taller than that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Some dudes dig tall women. Yeah. That's really kind. But I was like, you've only ever dated very small ladies. Like. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. I know who you're talking about now. What? Yeah, that's not going to work. That's not how that works. Okay. So I don't know where that came from. But I was like, Good, like finding a woman that's five <laughs> right. ten. In general, in general, in general, because yeah. women are just generally smaller than men. Mm-hmm. They're sm- they're shorter. They're well, and that's like starting less to muscle mass. Domestic, it's weirdly you know. starting to change too because of evolution and all that weird shit. But yeah, slowly are a genetic Science and planning. You know, yes, yeah, they're sun- mating. Science and bodies are fucking we're looking weird. for different things other than just health. yeah. So we have these expectations and pressures that are put on B um, because she is part of a show. She's going to be the first plus size person on Main Squeeze because ever. she is complaining. Mm-hmm. She got on Twitter. She's complaining <laughs> online about how it's not very inclusive. This show, she loves it, but it's always the same. It's a skinny woman or a skinny man, and they all look the same. Now, like whatever. Yeah. Which I can totally see because I okay. So I stopped watching The Bachelor. Okay. Like years ago, because it's never just got seen too it. weird. Never seen it's it. It's awful. They have like the rose ceremony. Stuff. Oh, but then that. I also tried watching like Married at First Sight. I watched. Um, oh crap! What's other one that ever makes fun of online with Jessica because she's too old? Or whatever. Ninety Day Fiance. No, oh online. fuck yeah! I love Ninety Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh the pod experiment one with Nick Lachey. Is that the one that was on Netflix? Yeah. That you wanted me to watch, but I was like, this is mm-hmm. awful. No, thank you. I don't think it went well for most of those people. <laughs> Probably not. But anyways, so, and then they also have, like, Temptation Island and, like... Love like, Island. You just, all those... All the islands. All, all the islands. None there's, of the islands I want to be on. There's, so there's all this expectation that you're, if you're going to be on TV you're going to be, like, you got a sick body. Like, you're high, Like, you make it look effortless. Well, and B makes a comment about how everybody looks the same. Everybody's the same height. Everybody's the same hair color, same eye color. And she's just like, come on, put some diversity in there. And so they reach out to her, and they're like, you should be on the show. And she's like, "Uh, no, but thank you. And they convince her to be on the show. And she says, on a couple like, key things have to happen before I'll do it. Um, and they said, okay. And she says, I want there to be a diverse group of men. I don't want just white dudes that are muscular and tall and blonde. Chads. That she doesn't want a bunch of chads. Um, which I think is funny because for us, if like we call you a Chad or a Brad or a Kyle, we're thinking like bros. And we're thinking of bros. bros. Yeah. So whenever she was like, oh I don't want any chads, I'm like, bros. Like, I don't want them either, but okay. Um, So, she's kind of, like, they hide who it's going to be because they decide that they're going to change how the show is structured and how it's formatted and how it's filmed. For a lot of reasons. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. And, um, It kind of takes the pressure off of B in that she doesn't have to keep it a secret for as long. But there's more pressure on her because of all of these societal expectations. You know, she's on People Magazine. She's doing all of these promos for it. And there are people who are on the Internet who are like, look at this fat cow. She should lose weight. She should do this. And then there's the other people who are like, no, she's doing great. She's doing great. But at the end of the day, the expectations and the pressures that are put on women and plus size women at that they're very very stressful to handle yeah and i think we do a really good job of it because we've been plus size our entire lives and Mm -hmm. we kind of know and we surround ourselves with people who actually give a shit about us so it's it's easier to kind of see the lose weight you fat cow comments kind of a thing we've never gotten them thankfully i've never gotten them online I don't, I don't think... I I got a rude comment on Facebook once on someone, like, uh, one of our friends' pages. Mm-hmm. Like, I had responded to something, and then someone responded to my comment in, like, a rude way, and they made them take it down. <laughs> and then, oh, I, asked, I had... My very first year, I worked with kids. I did, like, this after-school tutoring program, and this kid mooed at me. Yeah. Rude ass little kid. I knew it was him and I knew he was doing it to me because he thought he was being funny. Kids are ass giant jerk or whatever. But then he got in trouble and got sent up to the principal's office for, like, not for me, from that. Yeah. But then he tripped on his way up the stairs and I was like, hmm, it's karma. Mm -hmm." I don't know how you didn't laugh because I would have lost my shit. Like, whatever, make fun of me all you want, but. You tripped downstairs, little kid. Yeah you 7th grader. Oh, it was a 7th grader on top of it. It was a long time ago, though. It's like 7 years ago. Still really. Oh, gosh. Okay, so we have that version of pressure. Like, how she's supposed to present herself to the world. Mm -hmm. Because she gets to control herself on her own blog and her social media. But this, she, you know, has her media blackout her social media blackout she can't control any of that she doesn't have access to anything she doesn't know anyone's saying or doing or posting or whatever yeah and then she also is not in control of how her story is going to be spun and that's a huge problem because you can edit pretty much anything to make someone look or sound awful like to discredit them yeah and that's what she's worried about and so the new producer what's her name Lauren, Lauren. I know it's Lauren her. because she's perfect and small, and she's got everything going for her. And I With her brown hair. And fucking it. hate her. I don't like Lauren. But so okay, so Lauren's like, listen, what we really want to do here is further both our careers. Mine because this is my first debut directing position on the show. Mm-hmm. Yours because you deserve it. Like you've worked your ass off. Why not tell everyone to fuck off? I'm going to do this anyways. Yeah. And so finally, convinced her. But then they have to go through all this other stuff of dealing with the backlash. Of why would you choose someone fat to be on your show? And it's like, wow. Because you know that's real. Yeah, that's like, that's an actual thing cool. that happens. But at the same time, the what we see in the media, we're going to jump over to the media really quick. What we see in the media are these perfect, you know... People, you know, they're muscular men, they're fit women, they're, you know, the women are tiny, the men are larger. It's not common to see a plus-size person on, in any form of media, really. I mean, you don't really see it. And then it's all about how brave they are. And it shouldn't be. They're living their fucking lives. are they still funny? Yeah. Are they still good at acting? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? But, so she has to deal with people already picking at her. Mm Mm-hmm. For being plus size, yep, and then she has to deal with the really disgusting men online oh. who, who essentially threaten to rape her constantly, and it's horrific. It's horrific, and that's a thing that's real. That's a thing that Which actually happens. Horrific. Like you should never ever want to dehumanize them so badly. No, and like they say awful things, like they want to make her squeal like a pig. Disgusting! Or the that she is. Well, whatever. and it's, it's not like, even wow. it's not even just in the media either cuz if you think about the first date on the yacht, there's a the group of fucking gross dudes which they let stay on for a while. For a while, they, got them up in. they yeah. did, and they deserved it. Those assholes. But they were making comments about like how she's like a cow and a whale, and they and this is when she's being expected to be in a swimming suit and like flirting and flirting and getting to know everyone and blah blah. Ugh. It's like they were awful. And then that one guy was like the personal trainer, one of the personal trainers. Was, like, Who was it? Kamal? I, yeah, he was like, I'm like so excited to meet you. You know, we can turn your life around and make you healthier, mama. Listen, fat people know that they are fat. We're very aware of our bodies. We know that we're fat because we don't fit on or in things that others fit on or in. Exactly. And if you've been a chubby ch- kid, mm-hmm. you've been chubby since childhood, you were chubby as a teenager, you're chubby now, you're well aware of it. Mm-hmm. Very rarely have I ever heard of body dysmorphia making you think that your fat self is skinny? No. Like, I don't know that it works that way because generally it works against you, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's an illness. Um, but like, fat people know that they're fat. Mm-hmm. Fat people are well aware that they're bigger than you are. Yep. And fat people can still be deemed healthy. Yep. They're not healthy, according to BMI, which I refuse to follow because based on one man's measurement. He created the scale based on himself and everyone was like, "Yep, that sounds right." And that's what we use. And I'm like, "But I'm not a man. I don't have his genetics." Like, "What? No, that's not that's not a thing." So, Shaking BMI is so hard. Fuck BMI, BMI. Bull. But on the BMI scale, I am morbidly obese. Same. Yeah. But you're morbidly obese even when you're 20, 30, 40 pounds over. What your BMI, your target BMI is. Yeah. So my pregnant sister was morbidly obese because she was pregnant. Yeah. Because she gained 40 pounds. And, and it's like, so don't, tell it yourself, don't tell it don't tell a pregnant. They're morbidly obese. That's I, so rude. I have, I have a story about that, actually. Oh, um, wow. So as we know, I have a child. She's great. Yeah. They're the best. Um, when I was pregnant with them, i went to we were we were military at the time so i was at the base hospital yes and i went in and i had this doctor and all she could talk about was how fat i was i wasn't even showing it but all she could talk about was how fat i was which is rude you're a doctor what did you have for dinner last night Mm, maybe you should have a salad instead of spaghetti or what are you doing as far as exercise well you should probably do more ma'am i'm pregnant like, I, I can't keep food down, and you're telling me that I need to go on a diet while pregnant. Um, it got so bad that I left an appointment crying mm-hmm. and told the woman at the front desk that I no longer wanted to see her, ever. I didn't even want to pass her in the hallway. Told her what was happening. Um, thankfully, she was not a military doctor. She was okay. actually um, contracted. Okay. And they moved her from the military hospital we were at to the army military hospital that was like (laughs) three towns over because of that. And apparently I wasn't the only one that she had done that to. There'd been a couple other complaints and my complaint was the one that actually got her transferred. Um, I ended up getting, um, I actually ended up getting a two nurse practitioners that ended up being who I saw. Yeah. Um, and I had other underlying medical conditions. Um, I was preeclamptic, all that fun stuff. Um, but once I moved to the nurse practitioner, I told her what was happening with the other OB, and she was like, absolutely not. You eat what makes you feel good and that you know will stay down. Because that's you- how you're supposed to do when you're pregnant. Exactly. So like, what? I that's, don't. That's my experience being fat and pregnant, and it's the fucking worst. I was told I was too fat when I was five. By a pediatrician. Fuck that. Fuck. We did not go back to that one. I wouldn't either. (sighs) My mother was furious. Ah, as she should be. Um, I was a chubby child, though. I will say that. I was. I will say that. But we're getting um, very long, by the way. So let's move it on. But we so, so the other thing is we have societal pressures that have nothing to do with your outward appearance. Um, and we see that in the gentleman that she's presented with, mm-hmm. her family says, "Well, we just can't wait till you get married. We just can't wait till you have kids." Blah blah. And she sometimes fires back with, "Well, what if I don't want to have kids? What if I'm happy just being myself?" And her yeah. family's always like, "Well, that's fine too." But you just seem like you enjoy being around all your family, your brothers, children, wives, and, and children, and, and stuff. And that is true. And so we're talking about like deep down, yes, that's what she wants, but she wouldn't say that. And then we have our gentlemen. Whoops, I hit my microphone. Oh, these fucking men. Can so, we talk about how everybody is awful except for, like, three people? Which I think is kind of how it is on shows anyways. Because you don't know who you're going to click with. So they pick a bunch of random personalities, kind of. Yeah. And then you have some that just are terrible. So, like, we have um, Wyatt, who's precious and adorable and wonderful, and then it turns out he's asexual. Wyatt deserves the entire fucking world. I would lay down my life for Wyatt. He was precious. And his mom is really old school, Midwest mm-hmm. farmer, rancher, right? Mm-hmm. By the Bible. And so when he's going on, I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be this whole thing about how his mom hates the gays and he's gay and he can't come out. And then it turned out that it's not even that. He's asexual and doesn't know how to explain to her. That like romance doesn't interest me. I don't think I want to be married or have kids. I'm happy the way I am. Yeah, asexual, and then aromantic, fine. and he. Oh, and she's like, no, we love you anyway, and I'm like, yes, everything yeah, that is perfect. That was really, really good. Um, um, but then we also have so not only do we have inclusivity in that we have someone who is a romantic asexual, um, but we also have um, Asher who is Asian American. Yep. Um, we, we have multiple black people. Yeah. Sam, Hispanic people. The French guy. Fuck the French guy. Um, yeah. We have Jefferson, who was a plus-size dude. He's the only plus-size dude. And he's the only, like, true, awful person. I have never hated anybody more in a book than I hated Jefferson. It was easy to hate him after you read that, that one section. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even, like, I dislike Lauren. I dislike the French dude, Luke. I dislike all the dudes that treated her like shit. I dislike Jaime, who fetishized her. But Jefferson. I had to close the book because I was seething. I was so (laughs) angry. And I was taking a bath when I read that part. And I remember closing it and leaning it over the side of the tub. And I was just like... Deep breaths. Oh, I'm going to drop this in the the tub. It's bad. The way that some of these... The way that some of these men are portrayed are very accurate to what you've seen on television or experienced in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the great things and awful things about this book. It's great because it's relatable. You've seen this or heard of this or met someone that fits all of these descriptions. Mm -hmm. But it's awful because the awful versions of these people exist in real life. Yeah. And they're as openly terrible as they are in this book. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think a lot of that... Let's get into reality TV. So I... Do not watch reality TV. I don't watch TV, period. It's very, I do. very rare that I watch TV. Like, I have to be having a day. And if I'm going to watch TV, I'm probably going to watch my comfort movie. Uh-huh. Um, which is always really weird to say to people that my comfort movie is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's weird. But it is. It's weird. I, it's very strange. Um, But I love it. It's great. It's perfect. Um, But I don't watch a lot of this stuff. And reading this book, the way the writing style worked with it is that it is about a reality TV show. Uh-huh. And it's coming from a different couple, like a couple different perspectives. So you get, like, the actual story. But then you also have text threads, emails, um, blog posts, podcast, like, transcripts. Transcripts. Yeah. Yeah, you get the whole thing. And I don't know that it would work in any other format. I don't think it would. It pulled from so many places, but it was all very puzzle piecey. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we started the book and it's just the intro about her and then her and Ray, and then it's her like transcripts of her emails to Ray and text messages and stuff. To Marin, her friend. Yeah. And you know, that was like okay, that's pretty normal mm-hmm. for contemporary romances. But then we started getting into the scripts or like it would say the actual script of the opening of the show yeah. or whatever. And at first, I struggled with it. Did because you? Because I'm like, well, I haven't read scripts since college. Okay. And I haven't had to. Yeah. And so, reading the back and forth, line by line kind of stuff is a little bit weird. But once you get past that, like, initial awkwardness, yeah. because there is, like, like character description and um, just, like, action that's explained not as dialogue, yeah. not as a plot point. Okay, yeah. And so that helps out too. Like when they go visit her family, uh-huh. it's not all just like he said she said stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the actual story of what's going on. Yeah. Just with some of that extra in there. Yeah. And so that works for me. I, I had an okay time with it. I think that the writing style worked really well with it and it worked really well with the way this worked. So it is reality TV. I, I don't talk about... I don't watch it, so I have nothing to say about it. Cat, <laughs> cat watches a lot of it. We kind of hit on the ones that she watches. I get bored, and so I need things to watch. Okay. I, I get bored, and I listen to podcasts. See, and I, for some reason, can't get into that. I do My sister does it. You do it. My A lot of our friends do it. Oh, yeah. I just can't... I love that you're a podcaster that can't listen to podcasts. Isn't that weird, though? <laughs> it's hysterical. I love it. I don't it. understand <laughs> it. Oh, that's funny. Um, let's see. We can cut media mm-hmm. out. I, mean, I, was gonna say, I think I did that one. The so these two kind of go together. Those do, too. Okay. And then this version. We're just missing, like, one person. Who are we talking about as far as other versions of inclusivity? The little baby. Sam. No. No, not Sam? Asher's baby. Asher's... Oh, okay. <gasps> you forgot. Listen. That, that was the big reveal was that he had kids, and that's why he didn't kiss her. Okay. He wouldn't kiss her because he had kids, and Which then, makes sense, and you don't see that enough on television, because then no. it's like a dun-dun-dun thing. Yeah. She did have just uh, said it. You and were not to do that. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Okay, so Asher has two children. Uh-huh. He has a daughter. Yep. Yeah. And he has... A son. He goes, uh, He still uses he, him pronouns. Yeah. He just likes to dress in feminine clothing. And wear makeup. And, and he's into it. He is so into gender it. Gender fluid, I think, is what he calls them, if yeah. I remember correctly. And B is just kind of like, okay. No big deal. That's no big deal. And then she brings him stuff. <gasps> like makeup and stuff. And, and like then we find out that Asher... Went to a Sephora tutorial. And learned how to contour. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, there is nothing wrong with that. I think, honestly, like, I don't know why this is, but I feel like I'm supposed to know how to do body care stuff for men, and they are not expected to do it for women. Which is so dumb. Like, I can cut your hair. I can shave your head. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can tell you how to fully and what to use. Yeah. But for some reason, if I asked you a question about makeup and you're a dude, you have no idea I have had to on multiple occasions explain what eyeliner is and explain that it is not mascara. And then they go, that shit you put on your eyes? Yes. One of the two things that goes on my eyes. They are two things. Weird, weird. And it's it kills me because it's often men who just haven't paid attention to their mothers or sisters normal daily routine yeah which is probably accurate because like i wouldn't say that i knew every single step to my roommate's morning routine when i lived with him Uh but i would be able to tell you what products he used oh that's easy like you know what i mean they have like five products maybe but he also wouldn't be able to do my makeup yeah no no so it's like the, the flip of that i loved just it was such a good twist that you're like oh my god you're so cute and he's just like the professor type. Yeah, he's a college professor. So the thing is where I talk about everybody is awful, what I really mean is everybody with the exception of Sam, Wyatt, and Asher and Asher's children. And that's kind of it. Everybody, Everybody else sucks. Kind of and one of the people that sucks the most, so she's at the very, very end. She's got three men left. One has to go home. And it's down to the final two. We're down to Asher and Sam because she voted Luke off the island or whatever the fuck he did because he was fucking the producer. Another, that, okay, but there's another inclusivity thing with Luke. Okay. He yeah, has a very open sexual relationship. I would call relationship. It. Holly, uh, yeah, I would call him probably Pam because he doesn't care so long as he's getting sex. He it sh- was just like we weren't surprised, but we were annoyed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him. So, anyways, um, we're down to the wire, and she's going to have two men left, and then they throw in a surprise, which is normal, which is reality TV. They're like, we're bringing back your exes this week. Oh. Or whatever. Please don't bring my exes back. I don't ever want to oh, see God, them again. i ever on TV, don't dig up anyone for my past. Please don't. I know that's like a requirement of TV. Oh, but I don't do You to just not. Please. Do that. Please don't. It won't um, end well. It will make for good TV, though. So yeah, I, can see uh, well. I would walk off set. Fuck you. It's not happening. So anyways. It'd be weird. At the very beginning of the book, um, we find out that B has had a crush on her friend Ray forever and they're like best friends mm-hmm. And she like they went to college together and she always kind of they together. out together yeah that he was always after the Hollywood starlet type. yeah. he would always leave a bar with some hot girl and then one night they get drunk and they kiss and then he's down to visit. He is engaged by the way. And he moved to Georgia? Yeah, he's somewhere over there. Um, they go to a party, they decide they don't want to be at the party, they leave the party and go back to B's house. One thing leads to another, and they have sex. Fade to black sex. Fade to black sex. Which I'm okay with in this book. Yeah, I'm okay only with it. The only book I'm okay with it in. Yeah. So far. Because it was well written. And it, it and because it was a necessity. It, yeah, it didn't need to be put on on page at all at at any because point. it wouldn't have been on camera. No, it wouldn't have been on camera. Um, so, oh no, they have we the have sex. sex. They have the sex, and um, he, he goes, leaves. He leaves, and he fucking he leaves. Doesn't respond to her text messages. Doesn't respond he to her, her emails. He left her a handwritten note that was like, "Had to be early to catch my plane. Thought I should yeah. let you sleep." That's it. And never talks to her again. It's been like six, seven months, something like that. Something like that. And she still feels like shit about it because that's what happens when you get ghosted. Yeah. And then he shows up on this fucking show. And mind you, at this point, she has started to fall for Asher. She can see herself with Asher. She can kind of see herself with Sam and Sam has admitted that he loves her. I love Sam so much. I think he's just a precious little bean. He's just so cute. He's so adorable. He's and so, so happy. And, and, lovely. and, you know, and he, despite the fact that his family is kind of shitty to him, he's still lovely and adorable. But they throw Ray in. And she's like. And it fucks everyone up. Oh, my God. It comes out that she slept with him when he was engaged. Asher wants to leave the show. He's like, fuck this bitch. I'm out. Sam is like, I win by default. But she doesn't choose anybody. She chooses no one. Well, and she also had this conversation with Ray. And he's like, but I do love you. I do. Can't you see that? No. And she's like, but listen, it took all of this to get you to admit that you love me when we spent, like, every day together Mm -hmm. for years, yeah, and you were engaged to somebody else. You moved with her. You chose. And he talks about how, well, I broke up my engagement for you, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. shit." Don't ever use that as a reason for me to be with you. No. Because if you knew me for years, Mm -hmm. years, you had your chance. You had your chance to say something. I didn't didn't ask you to break up with them. Nope. First of all, if I was asking you to break up with him and we're friends, that's not... No. That no. immediately signals not just friends. No. And and there's she other is. things going on with that, too. This is, like, a situation that is a little similar to one I've been, but minus an engagement. And I wasn't on a reality show. <laughs> but, but similar. Like, but, like, he had all these choices. He had all these opportunities. And what was he really afraid of? He was really afraid of people seeing him with a plus size woman. Which is but bullshit. He, but now, now, now that, that someone else might get to be around her and might get her affection, he's like, no, that's only for me. Yeah. I know that that's selfish of me, blah, blah. Listen, you're an asshole. That's what you are. Couldn't stand him. Total Could asshole. not stand I him. I did not like Ray. I didn't like most of them, honestly. Jefferson was awful, I liked at the end where they made him pledge to not be a bully. Oh, my God. The classroom yeah. makes him pledge. That's so cute. I'm sorry, but we didn't mention that there's... We won't say who. There's a celebrity cameo. No, we are going to say no, who. No, we're not going to say who because we've done so many spoilers, and that's one that I think is important. You think that's, that's important? Yes. I just want him to love me. Everyone does, Jessica. <laughs> Everyone does. Have you seen his Instagram but, lately? Yeah. Yeah. He just really loves those trees on his property. He's just a sweet, precious angel. I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to do less spoilers. So, anyways, we have like actual things in this book that are very relatable. Yeah. Right? Like you chose to go on a TV show that is very clearly The Bachelor. Oh, God. Yep. We have Instagram. Uh huh. We have blogs, which are a thing. Podcasts, which we're doing. We have the reveal shows, and we have, like, the reunion shows, and mm-hmm. we have all this kind of shit that is super relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we chose this one. I'm really, really glad we chose this one. Me too. It was I, good. It's surprisingly good. I'm very happy to say that I loved it. Um yeah. So let's rate it, because it's been almost an hour. That's what we do. It's what we do. Just it's what talk we talk about. We just talk a lot. And we didn't even go through a whole lot of the plot, but you, you get the gist of it. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't really one that I wanted to spoil a lot.
1: Oh, um, really? Other than that one oh, piece. Oh, really? Other than
0: that one piece, because I think it was great. Oh, my God. It's how you got me to read it, honestly. Never. Um. So, but I do think that you should read it. I do think that you should pick it up. Um, do Even yeah. if you're not a plus-size person. Yeah. If you're down for the books that we are down for, and you are down for some inclusivity... Yeah. Um, go for it. Here's one. Here's a spoil I 100% don't want to give you. Who she ends up with in the end. Yeah. That's that's important. That's important to know. Is the end? Like, you thought the show was the end, but it's not. It's not. And it goes on for a little bit longer... And it's so worth it. And it was so cute, and I wasn't angry about the ending, even though it was a very cliche ending. Um, So, with that being said, on a scale of one to five, how many stars do you give one to watch? I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Because I was very happily surprised. Mm -hmm. I liked the realism that was in this. I know I'm a homeless romantic, so it still spoke to that. Yeah. The the love thing, because, like... If I I think about myself being you know, on that kind of show, I would just die. I couldn't do it. I would be. There's. Children. I wouldn't even sign up for it. There's, There's no, no. 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 We used to like threaten to put each other on Love at First Sight or Married at First Sight or something. Me and Bethany. Ooh. And <laughs> and I was like, I would die. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave it a five. Yeah. Um, I gave it a five. It made me cry. It made me happy. I could see myself in B in a lot of ways. Yeah. I could see myself in a couple very of the other relatable. characters, too, which was very relatable. I loved the writing style. I loved, loved, loved the writing style. This was style. a much um, fresher book than I expected it to be. Yeah. And, you know, the weird thing is, too, I thought when you wanted me to read it that it was going to be one of those, like, chiclet books. Oh I, kind of. And a little it's a little bit um one of what they call women's fiction, if you will. I don't even like that title. I don't like chicklet. I don't like any of that. It's stupid. Did you read the the note at the beginning? I did. I think that says Dear Target Guest. Because <laughs> that's who we are. <laughs> oh, Lord. We did buy this at Target. So, um, yes. but yeah, I give it a five stars. I, I, It was very relatable. I very much liked it. Um, and with that being said, that's the end of that episode. So let's go ahead and talk about the book that we're going to be reading next. Um, we are going to be picking up The Boyfriend Project by Farah Rashone. I am actually really excited about it. Can I talk about how we have read two books in a row that are going to be blurbed by Jasmine Guillory? Yeah, this one too. I mean, I agree with what she says. Yeah. So that's good. I just didn't agree with her own books. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. That's fine. Which is terrible to say. But it is what it is. So, um, join us next time as we read the Boyfriend Project by Farah Rashon, and remember that bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.